I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Jam, I see you've got your coffee hydro flask over there. I do have my coffee hydro flask over here. I also have my coffee mug, uh, which I pour the coffee into. So now that we record in my office, Jam brings a, a hydro flask canteen. Is that what those are called? I think it, it could be called a canteen. I or don't think a thermos. A thermos, because I think not all canteens have like the the like mm. heat keeping temperatures, mm. whatever it is um, you call it, that makes things stay hot for a long time or cold for a long time. Right. I don't think all canteens have that, but I think thermoses do. Right. Well, so that's a thermos of some kind. It's a wide mouth hydro flask that you bring your coffee in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I bet you've wondered how it does such a good job of keeping your drinks hot or cold. I have wondered that. And I've, I've asked people who aren't scientists sometimes, Uh, I can't remember who, but I have just a small amount of layman's collected data about why perhaps perhaps it uh, it keeps things hot and cold. Perhaps. Um, well, what did you find out? I found out that it is a vacuum layer and that there's supposedly supposed to be mm-hmm. nothing in there. That's right. Including no air. Okay. So let's talk about what that means. But the reason I brought up my mug too is that both of these things have that. Your mug is vacuum insulated? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's hard to tell because it's not very thick. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing between these two layers of metal well, except for nothing. Sometimes there are double walled insulation that do have air in them. Got it. So it's hard to say for sure. But we're talking specifically about ones with a vacuum layer between the two. Okay. So not all things have a vacuum layer. That's what right. you're saying. Okay. Got it. So... The way these mugs work essentially is by not allowing heat to cross from one to the other Mm -hmm. side, from the inside to the outside. Heat can't cross. That's the basics. So like a Gandalf saying, you shall not pass kind of deal. Right. Or when Arwen brings up the river and it gets all those. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. That's such a good scene. You know, in the book, it's Glorfindel who does that and not Arwen. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I do love the books. Yeah. I watched that scene just the other day with my friend and former roommate, Ashley. Uh-huh. So it was fresh in my mind. It's an awesome scene. And the whole scene leading up to it, it's just oh, so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that where okay. it says no thing is going to pass here. Uh-huh. To talk about how it does that, we kind of have to talk about what heat even is. Okay. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but just to revisit, heat is not temperature. Okay, yes. Temperature is a measure of heat. Right, 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 right. Or really, temperature is even a measure of energy. Okay. Heat is defined in chemistry and thermodynamics as the quantity of energy that flows across a boundary between a system and a surrounding. So basically, Mm -hmm. it's the transfer of thermal energy is heat. Heat is the transfer of thermal energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So heat is the thing that's flowing. Okay. So if, if you put a cold thing in a hot room, 
heat will naturally go from areas of higher temperature to lower temperature. Right. So that's why when you've got your hot coffee and you put it in a relatively cool room, Mm -hmm. the coffee loses its heat to the surroundings. Yeah. So it wants to, things want to balance out. I know want is a weird word to use here, but like, right. That's if there's a difference, there's a hot thing and a cold thing Mm -hmm. and they're in contact in some way or something like that. Yes. They want to kind of meet in the middle. Yes. Heat is just thermal energy and it's just a form of energy Mm -hmm. and the heat always flows from regions of higher temperature to lower temperature. Okay. So it's going from where it's hotter to where it's cooler so that things even out. Okay. So that's it. That's heat. It's going to flow. Okay. But have you thought about how it flows from one thing to another? I I haven't really. I mean, all I know about that is that some things conduct well, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, sometimes brought up when people talk about electricity. Yeah. But other times talked about with heat because, I mean, for the, for the layman like me, it matters with how not, not to get burned by something. Like right. if you have a pot that has a wooden handle, you are at lower risk of <laughs> burning your hand when you pick it up if it's been on the burner. Just stuff like that that's more in the practical mm-hmm. use about how heat moves from thing to thing or whatever. Right. But that's really it. I would say there's not much else that I know about how it moves and why some things are good at conducting heat and why some things aren't or why they stop it or whatever. Right. So heat, what happens to something when you heat it up is it's the molecules move around more. Okay. Okay. So the kinetic energy of the molecules is moving around more as it's hotter. Okay. As the thing is heating up, as you're putting heat into it and the temperature is rising. The, so do you say what, what's moving around? The molecules themselves. Okay. And we talked about this mm-hmm. when we talked about sea level rise. Mm-hmm. We talked about how that's essentially how thermometers work. As things heat up, they move around more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we gave the example of when something's really cold, I think we said it's like a two-year-old who's napping mm-hmm. and then a two-year-old moving around a ton is after you put some energy into it. Takes up more space, mm-hmm. even though the same amount technically of two-year-old. Yes. That two-year-old is taking up more space by running around and jumping on the couch. And right. So as you put energy in, it moves around more. So if you yes. give a two-year-old a sugar, it's going to be even crazier. Yes. Okay. okay. Got it. So those molecules moving, if you put a warm thing with molecules moving around and mm-hmm. lots of what's called kinetic energy or motion movement okay, next to something that's cold, mm-hmm. something with very little kinetic energy movement motion, mm-hmm. the kinetic energy will balance out between the two of them. Got it. Okay. So will the temperature balance out between the two of them because temperature causes movement in the molecules it's causing kinetic something we'll be careful about the word cause the (laughs) energy is causing the molecules to move the energy is causing the molecules and increased energy corresponds to increased temperature okay so more movement warmer thing the movement happens first they go hand in hand movement and temperature Mm-hmm. Are happening at the same time. Yeah. So if you put energy in, the molecules are going to move more and that's as they are raising in temperature. But the amount of temperature that they raise, the amount of energy you have to put in to raise the temperature, all that is way more complicated. Okay. But all you need to know 
is increasing the temperature causes things to move. And as that comes into contact with other things, they Mm -hmm. gain or lose energy also. Okay. And increasing the temperature means you're in some way introducing more heat. Energy. More energy. More More thermal thermal energy. energy. So which is heat. Putting it on a burner. Or like running it under hot water or whatever it is. Something has to introduce that. That's right. Okay. So that's, that is when I think about something heating up, I have a mental picture in my mind Mm -hmm. of molecules moving more. Okay. The little molecules, like when you zoom in at the atomic level are moving around even more. Yes. Okay. That's what happens as you heat things up. The two year olds, they're running around. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you put something with a lot of kinetic energy, that's all hot and moving around Mm -hmm. like a cup of coffee Mm-hmm. That's not insulated. You put it down and over time, as it comes into contact with the outside surroundings, mm-hmm. the temperature will even out mm-hmm. and the temperature of that thing will stay roughly the same as the temperature of the room. Right. Okay. So why doesn't that happen in vacuum flasks? Is it because you're preventing... Uh, I, I can't I'm trying to not to use the wrong words here. So I'm thinking about it like this. Let me just make sure too that I said this clearly. The movement of the molecules is almost what's transferring the heat. As the molecules move, the kinetic energy is going to balance out as well as the temperature. Okay. So like you've got some molecules over here moving a lot and mm-hmm. you got some molecules over here that are not. Yes. Rhyme. That was pretty cool. That that was pretty cool. Um, and that movement starts to even out because these guys over here are like, "Whoa, you guys chill out, please!" Like seriously, Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal. Calm down. Right. And the guys over here feel weird, obviously, because they're like, "Oh, I I guess we're the only ones moving around." Like that's, I don't want to feel, I don't want to be embarrassed. Like (laughs) I want to blend in. And so slowly they realize that and chill out and so they come to the same these guys come down a little these guys go up a little yeah and the, the energy gets dispersed itself disperses yes that's what's happening yes okay that is helpful that's a great understanding so now okay. what do you think is happening that's different in vacuum flasks and so before he, you answer oh no let's take a break and let our listeners try to think and give me their answer too i like that idea and that gives me a chance to think too okay my theory. I'm going to say it in like a non-sciencey way first and then try to th- apply some sciencey things to it. Okay. So my thought is when you have a regular old mug, mm-hmm. ceramic mug, mm-hmm. sitting in a room on a counter, mm-hmm. the temperature of the counter um, and the air around it and stuff like that, mm-hmm. meaning the molecules like level of movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. The kinetic energy. Kinetic energy can um just so you guys know when jim said movement he wiggled around in his chair to demonstrate the movement yeah i just needed her to know what i was saying <laughs> um and it's a very sciencey way to do it you make, make sure your body's re- reflecting what you're talking about <laughs> in science is what we like to do good so. science communication i 
so it can connect to connect is like the best way I can think of mm-hmm. the molecules and their movement inside the coffee cup mm-hmm. through the ceramic cup. It, to me, it just doesn't seem like a stretch to think like, okay, table molecules to cup molecules to coffee molecules. Right. Seems like not a stretch right. because whenever I hold onto a coffee cup that's ceramic, mm-hmm. even I can feel right that, that it's warm. Mm-hmm. And I can put a coffee mug down that's ceramic mm-hmm. on the table for like a minute, move it, put my hand where the mug was and feel the warmth. Right. So clearly something's able to, you know, affect other molecules. Yes. So my thought is when you do something like a, a vacuum layer, mm-hmm. that it somehow is a really good barrier to keep those molecules from affecting each other. The kinetic energy yes. not being able to like mess with each other. That's exactly right. So I was hoping that you would gain enough information from the first part about heat and how it works to come to that conclusion. And you did. So here's the, how it works. Okay. Vacuums have absolutely nothing in them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not air in the way we think of air being nothing. Like my hand is moving around in the air. It looks like it's not touching anything, but Mm -hmm. actually air that we breathe is made up of oxygen and nitrogen and all the molecules in the air. What would happen if your hand was in a vacuum? Yikes. I don't, I don't know, but I think it would maybe instantly rip apart. Or like, like compress or something. No, I don't think it would compress because there's no pressure. So I think it would explode outwards. Like Mm. it would be pulled into the vacuum maybe. Or. Oh, weird. Or maybe the water in our blood would start to boil. Because there would be no pressure. There would be no pressure. Oh my gosh. Yikes. That was way more terrifying of an answer than I expected. Sorry. Not a good thing to go into a vacuum, but I don't know. Do not put your hand inside of a vacuum flask. Just kidding. (laughs) That would not be possible. So a vacuum is nothing. It's no air. It's nothing's in there. No molecules at all. Okay. So if there are no molecules at all, there's no way for the heat to transfer. There's no way for the energy to transfer Uh because they're not touching each other. First of all, the idea of nothing at all is crazy to to wrap my head around. Yes. There's nothing in there. Yes. It's like, it's kind of, you know, it actually helps me not think of it as so weird. Did you ever, when you were a kid, like have a glass bottle like you get like a glass bottle root beer mm-hmm. and you put your mouth on it and basically like inhale the air from it and then it starts to try to pull your lips in <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah that. i think that might have been more something my brother would do than something that i did but mm-hmm. yes i do know what you're talking about so it's like you start taking air out yes. which you can do a little bit of on your own. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to try to pull things in. Yes. Because it has less of something than the rest of the, of the everything. Yes. <laughs> that, what you just said actually makes sense. Okay. So that's it. That's, and you've already actually explained it back to me. So that's the whole episode. Man. Oops. I didn't so, mean to explain it back to you. Before I even explained it to you. <laughs> right. But actually I thought that'd be kind of fun because I felt like if we knew enough about heat and molecules of movement and yeah. you already knew that there are vacuum flasks, then you could sort of figure out. That's true. And we've done some heat and movement stuff in the mm-hmm. past already. So I had a little bit of pre-knowledge from previous uh, episodes. And we're just two, we're two weeks behind when the recording dates came out. So the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, the color episode in Bleach came out, and you mm-hmm. had a hard time with that. I was feeling kind of bad for you, so yeah. I thought this would be a fun one. It was a good gimme. 
for sure. <laughs> but it, it also is fascinating. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like the lesson today was like water is made up of oxygen and hydrogen and you are just doing that to feel, you feel bad for me <laughs> to like do a really easy one. It's like, good job. You, you did it. Yep. There's two elements in water and it's hydrogen and oxygen. You got it. There's two elements with three atoms just for the record. Cause I would be able to see right through that and be mm, like, okay, yeah. you're just, we're trying to make me feel better. No, I think this one's super interesting and actually came up when I was talking to my advisor about her child's soup. She had thermos, a uh-huh, thermos that uh-huh. kept her child's soup warm all day. Cause mm-hmm. there wasn't a microwave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it really keeps it warm all day. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I mean, there's nowhere for the energy to go. And I was like, you're so right. Yeah. And I mean, and I do want to say this. It's not a perfect seal uh-huh. because you have to be able to open it mm-hmm. to be able to pour things out. Yeah. But most of the time when you finally do lose heat, it's through the openings of mm-hmm. the imperfect seal, not through the walls of the vacuum flask. Right, right, right. And it's possible for some things have better seal than others Yeah. when they do the um, screwing on of the lid or whatever, the threads are tighter. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that the vacuum itself depending on the manufacturing process, isn't a perfect vacuum. So Mm -hmm. there might be some molecules left behind, but it's pretty good. Yeah. And I think that sort of has to do with the maybe varying levels of how good this vacuum sealed or vacuum insulated cup or bottle is. So, yeah. But also we do use these exact things as your water bottles in our chemistry lab. Oh, really? So nitrogen doers, need to be able to keep liquid nitrogen cold. Oh, yeah. So we have, they're actually made of glass and there's more to it in terms of keeping energy because it's a glass that's mirrored. So I think it also reflects like other types of energy possibly that could occur, but Mm -hmm. they definitely insulate the thermal energy by being a perfectly vacuum sealed. It has a perfect vacuum layer of insulation for the for the doer Mm. is what they call it. And you can pour your liquid nitrogen in there. And initially, because the thing itself is room temperature, it will boil off. Mm -hmm. But then once the whole thing has gotten to the temperature roughly of the liquid nitrogen, it'll just stay there. It'll stay there all day. Even when the top is open, but we had it made, we fashioned ourselves a lid out of foam and put Mm -hmm. it on there. Mm -hmm. And then we broke it, our doer. And those Mm -hmm. are very expensive. So as a... Just for science, you guys broke it. Just we, to discover. <laughs> we what? broke it on accident. It was an accident. Oh, okay. So we broke it and then we were like, well, we don't have the funds in the lab to replace it. So we got a Yeti cup and we used a Yeti cup mm-hmm. as a doer and it was not as effective, mm-hmm. but it was not terrible either. Mm. So it really does have some of those similar vacuum insulation properties. Mm-hmm. Make your donation to the UNT <laughs> chemistry department today. <laughs> no, we have, you know. I mean, you can just make your donation right into your grad students' pockets. There you go. Yep. Yep. In <laughs> the form of food. Innovative. Yeah. yeah. In the form, we all love free food. Mm-hmm, grad students mm-hmm. do. One thing I've noticed with this, the the fact that I have this vacuum sealed mug as well as mm-hmm. the thermos, mm-hmm. obviously it's open on the top. It, has right. a, it came with a lid, but I don't use that because lids are, you know, dumb and you can't smell the coffee as well. Mm. And so it can, so the, the top is open, so it can lose heat that way to the air. Yes. But because everywhere else... It is vacuum sealed mm-hmm. around all the edges in the bottom. It stays hot much longer than regular mugs. Mm. So it still has a really positive effect right. uh, while still while not having the negatives of lids and stuff. So 
I have a not liquid nitrogen story about how amazing vacuum seals are. Okay, I'm ready. I used to carpool to Plano, which for people who don't live in this area, it's like 50 minutes away. I used to right. commute there every day for work. I, for a different time, I carpool with people who also worked over there. And one of these people I carpooled with, is a good friend of mine, also a hype man for our, our podcast, my friend Jay. Jay, friend of the podcast. Yes, he was very excited yeah. about our show initially and retweeted, commented, posted every which way to center. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. So Jay and I should carpool. I'd brew coffee in the morning for both of us. He'd come to my house and then we'd alternate days um, driving and stuff like that. So one day I made coffee for both of us and then he texted me and said, hey, I'm running late. You might need to leave without me, but uh, brew some coffee for me. And I had, he had left his vacuum sealed um, bottle in my car. We had miscommunication. I thought for some reason that he wanted to drink his coffee on his way down to the office. So what I did is I put it in his bottle that he'd left in my car, left on the porch. This was a late winter month, probably (laughs) February, March. So not super hot outside, um, not insanely cold, but definitely coldish. Left on the porch outside. Misunderstanding because he actually just wanted me to bring it to the office with me. Um, Mm. I thought, of course you want to drink it while you're driving because that's what I do. Right. And so I wanted him to have it now. So <laughs> he gets to the office and I don't have his coffee because <laughs> I left oh, it on the porch. No. And I think I actually texted him. I left it on the porch, but he didn't see it. So anyway, I got back home after work, you know, all day, 10-ish hours later. Right. I go to see how hot it is and it's still hot because it was unopened all day. So oh it never lost any heat any in the ways. Amount. Yeah. yeah. In this significant amount of ways. So it was hotter than what I just tasted just now. It was oh probably about 130, 140 degrees. That's crazy. Potentially. So that was some, some real life layman science where I was like, there's something to this whole vacuum thing. Yes, there is something to this whole vacuum thing. And now you know what it is. Yes, and, and now I know. And we use it in real life and we use it in our labs. Yeah, so whether you're trying to keep your coffee warm or you're trying to... Send your kid to school with soup. Yeah, send your kid to school with soup or you have a miscommunication with the guy that you commute with. <laughs> whatever situation you find yourself in, vacuums work. That is so funny that that had happened to you. But it is a little bit hard to wrap your mind around the fact that the energy disperses Mm -hmm. based on the contact of the molecules with each other. So, but you described that really well, I think. So that was good. It's kind of interesting too, because the solution's funny because it's like somebody was sitting somewhere and they're like, what if, what if instead of putting like, you remember how some things had like styrofoam or some sort of foam Mm -hmm. in them to insulate them for a long time? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still true. Like a lot of coolers uh, that you buy actually just have styrofoam. Right. But what if like someone was sitting there and they were like, well, what if the solution is just to have nothing? <laughs> and someone's like, that wouldn't work. No, like, no, no, no. I mean, nothing. <laughs> Not like air, but like nothing. It's such a funny idea to think about who would have come up with that. Mm-hmm. It probably was a lot less simple than that, but. But maybe not. Nothing to, tran- no molecules to transfer the heat. No heat's going anywhere. Yeah. They what, solved it. They did it. What if we didn't know anything like that until we went to space and we like experienced the vacuum? Yeah, we should look up the beginnings, the origins of the vacuum insulation. Mm-hmm. Origins of species, if you will. If there's a science historian out there and you want to hit us up, let us know. Yes, please do. We'd love to. And there's a lot of complexities to heat beyond just that and the transfer of heat and energy, but that's really and truly 
how vacuum flasks work. So you got it. Man, that's cool. All right. You ready to wrap it up and share some about your week this week? I'm totally ready except for the fact that I don't know what happened this week. Well, while you think, I'm going to say that this is not my big thing, but one small thing that I am excited about. Uh And you guys have already seen it because I posted it on Instagram immediately is a listener made this chemistry for your life koozie out of leather. Oh yeah. And I am so excited about it. It's so cool. And I hate koozies. Um, and so that's the only koozie that I think is cool. Yes. Jam really does hate koozies and I really do constantly have a koozie with me just all the time. And he thinks all my koozies, you know, are kind of trashy, but this one is handmade out of leather. Yeah. It's not trashy. It's definitely not trashy. And it has the chemistry for your life logo on it, which was 3d printed and Mm -hmm. then stamped into the leather, which is amazing. Yeah. It's pretty dang cool. So if you're wanting to see that super awesome koozie, go check out our post from a couple weeks ago about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So something good happened in my week. My wife and I, um, we like technology. I'm the in charge of technology in our house for the most part. And, and in our podcast. In our podcast. My wife likes to call me her technological husband. Um, <laughs> when I'm in that mode, I'm kind of like put on that hat. So uh, she was pretty consistently annoyed about a few things technological wise. One of them being that we both require both the sound of a fan and the feeling of a fan when we sleep. So it's helpful because air circulation and then also hearing uh, the fan sound is kind of helps you go to sleep and drowns out other sounds outside and stuff like that. But we both have fans on our nightstands pointing at us and it's kind of annoying to, if you're already in bed, especially to turn them off and on and stuff like that. And the way our outlets work, is just a little bit annoying with the way the cables go uh, to plug in and it's kind of nice to hide cables. So this week I bought uh, a few smart outlets online on Amazon. Okay. And now we can just ask our Google and it'll turn on our fans. <gasps> wow. And turn off the fans. So we just leave them on the the full blast position. Mm-hmm. And then both of our fans can be turned off and on at the same time. Wow. The other thing that's kind of annoying is like if I get up first, I leave my fan on so that it doesn't like the sound turning off doesn't wake my wife up. Right. So then whenever she's getting ready to like that, she has to go around the bed, turn off my fan and turn on her, uh, turn off her fan too. So it's like just annoying enough every single day for whatever one Mm -hmm. of us gets up later to turn off the other person's fan. So it is kind of nice for them to be synced up. So it's super lazy, but it's also just a little bit cool. It is nice when you have something exactly the way you want it. So Mm -hmm. like I really like having a small towel in my shower to wipe my eyes dry if mm-hmm. any water or anything gets in them. Mm-hmm. And I was at my parents' house recently and didn't have that. And I was like, this is such a small thing, but yeah. it significantly improves my day. Yeah, <laughs> It's so small, but it really changes how annoyed I am. Mm-hmm. And then you can just fix it. Yeah. So I understand the, it's a little bit extra, Yeah, but it's also a little bit Nice. Yeah. And it helps to like have them in a few places. Like we have one on a lamp that's across the room. So not having to go over there to turn it off or on, or also not having to risk walking across the room in the dark Mm, Yeah, is very helpful. So again, just ask Google to turn it on or off. It's so nice. Well, actually I was going to talk about how I've had so much fun with my mom lately. 
So, you know, I've mentioned that she's been sick or whatever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so because of that, we've had a lot of doctor visits, trips and stuff. And it yeah. has been actually really fun. Mm-hmm. So we listened to Dolly Parton's America together. Uh-huh. And that was really fun. Then we listened to Dolly songs and sang in the car uh-huh. and had like eight hours together, which we normally would not have that uh-huh. unless we were on vacation. Like the one time we yeah, had Yeah, isn't it interesting how, how you don't see relatives like that Yeah, in that same way? We've only ever done that been together that long in my adult life when we went to Europe together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was a huge deal. Yeah. Or, um, I've been reading this book when she's, you know, sick and kind of not feeling great. Mm-hmm. I've been reading this comedian's book, David Sedaris. Oh, I love book him. To her. Yeah. So he's she's so dying of laughter from some of that <laughs> stuff where she's like, Oh, I can't laugh that hard, you it's, know? So yeah, the best medicine, unless you laugh too hard. She's been having, I think we've just been having a lot of fun together with that stuff. And I think that's been a nice silver lining of, I would have no other reason to spend several days of the week with my mom four or five days in a row. Yeah. If it weren't, you know, that she's sick, but it's been actually really, really fun. So that's just been a nice silver lining in my crazy life right now. So that's awesome. That's, that's definitely a good silver lining. It is a good silver lining. Well, thanks for coming to my office today and for bringing your vacuum flask. I didn't even tell him they're not called vacuum flask. That's a different piece of equipment Mm. for bringing your vacuum insulated water bottles Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for bringing those. I didn't even tell Jim to bring those. He didn't know that was a topic. He just really relies heavily on them. So I I do very much so. And for learning all about how vacuum insulation works. Anytime. And thanks you guys for listening and for being with us in that way today. It's been really fun. It has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry and everyday life, but we want to hear from you. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Kim for your life. That's Kim, F-O-R, your life to share thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A.Q. Song and S. Flint, who reviewed this episode. Mm-hmm.